Let's welcome on a guy who is no stranger to the show. He is Dan Rubenstein. He hosts the Solid Verbal Podcast. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. And as always, guys, we appreciate you leaving a rating, review, subscribing to the podcast. It does help more than uh, you probably realize. That's why we've got free Heartland College Sports koozies when you leave a rating and review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Just a little way to say uh, thank you from all of us here at the show. So really appreciate you guys doing that. And the Solid Verbal, one of the top college football podcasts in the entire country. They do a great job there. Dan, let's start off with the fact that, uh, you know, Oklahoma's coming off its win in Bedlam, Iowa State in Farmageddon. Who do you like right now in the Big 12? Uh, right now, it looks like Oklahoma's peaking in an interesting way that they obviously were not and probably could not, given Spencer Rattler's youth and experience early on in the season. He looked a lot more impressive. I mean, we, we've known about his physical tools for a long time. That's That much is, is not up for debate. But it was, you know, end of game, big moments. We saw that game against Oklahoma, or excuse me, against Iowa State, in which he looked shaky at the end. We, we saw the game against Kansas State when he looked not ready for the moment at the end. And if nothing else, Spencer Rattler rose to the moment in the Bedlam match at, at night with, uh, with the eyes of college football on him. It was the headline game of the night. So right now I think I'm leading Oklahoma just because of the explosion and uh, the ceiling of the talent on both sides of the ball. They're a different team with Ramondre Stevens and Ronnie Perkins back, whereas Iowa State, I, just, I really, really like a lot. I'm just with that common opponent in Oklahoma State now I'm a little bit more curious, albeit it was, a, I believe, a Shane Illingworth, more of a Shane Illingworth presence in this one than it was uh, early on. But I could be wrong. So then as you look at, at Oklahoma, I mean, how do you think they're stacking up, Dan? I understand they don't have a top four resume right now in the country. Like, I get it. They're not making a college football playoff right now. They're probably not making it no matter what. No two lost team has ever made it. But in a weird 2020 year, is there any case to be made for if this team continues to play like it's been playing – Hey, even though they have two losses, this is one of the top four teams in the country today. Can that case be made? Uh, I think we need to see more from this defense against a more high-powered offense. This Oklahoma State team has been, if nothing if not inconsistent at best on offense. So we need that test because the last time we have seen, I mean, over and over, we've seen this Oklahoma defense really not rise to the moment, really get exploited against some of those explosive offense. I'm not even just talking about uh, about LSU last year. But over and over again, we've seen that this is what has held back Oklahoma in those big moments. So I don't know if it's a they have to finish out the rest of the year looking like they did on defense against Oklahoma State, but they have a lot to prove themselves before even getting into that conversation. Yes, they need help. Yes, they're able to control that message, but with the, the rest of their schedule, as I, I pull it up right now, we're not talking about explosive offenses potentially until – they, it's Baylor and West Virginia until they would, you know, hypothetically face Iowa State once again. And even still, comparing Iowa State and their offense to what nationally they can expect if they're to make the playoff, it's a different conversation. So they mm -hmm. need help, and the best thing they can do is just dominate on defense two teams that should be dominated in West Virginia and Baylor just given those offenses. Dan, uh, the Iowa State Cyclones are obviously a team that they play Texas this weekend. Uh, that game, basically the winner of that game, Iowa State wins. Uh, they are in the Big 12 championship game. If it's Texas, they've got a great shot to be in that championship game. These two teams, uh, this game this weekend, 
How do you look at it? What's on the line for each of these two teams? Uh, Texas, it's just a matter of finishing strong after yet another sort of up and down season, especially with uh, sort of a stop and start offense with a defense that has still made too many mistakes. So I, I think doesn't get the credit it probably deserves. They, their, their scores don't fully tell the story. Um, but even still, the, the Texas defense has improved, and it's a statement they can make against a good offense in Iowa State. They gave up, what, 53 in all those overtimes, 56 to Texas Tech, but have, you know, outside of that Oklahoma State game, they've taken care of business largely. So uh, I think what we can expect from the Texas side is uh, probably a continuation of that, and if they can get to Brock Purdy, then there's, there's a case to be made that Texas is one of those teams that has evolved impressively nationally. Though, again, I don't know what the Iowa State barometer means nationally. And for Iowa State, it's getting over that hump. They haven't always been great against Texas. Um, they have a good shot this week. I think the analytics, you know, I was looking at Bill Connolly's SP Plus. He has Iowa State winning by four or five points. Just the numbers dictate that. So Iowa State has a great shot to just get over that hump. They haven't been in this championship game they have an opportunity, you know, with an experienced Texas squad, albeit one that's, you know, uh, lost a good amount of talented key places uh, in terms of explosion on both sides of the ball. Iowa State has a great shot to take that next step and, and sort of raise their ceiling, which I, I think is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. So as, as we're talking to Dan Rubenstein of uh, Solid Verbal, Dan, when you go around the rest of the conference, Mike Gundy is now 2-14 and 14 against Oklahoma. It was ugly in Bedlam last weekend. Some fans, uh, I believe, are overreacting to, uh, you know, Mike Gundy's OU struggles. He is still no. You don't think so? Fans overreacting? <laughs> touche, touche. Uh, it just seems like it's like, oh, Gundy's got, I mean, Jim Traber, Oklahoma radio personality, said Gundy should be fired. I mean, maybe that's just radio guys being radio guys, but that's insane to me. I mean, this is just OSU's golden era going up against one of OU's golden eras of football, and that's just bad luck, right? It's bad luck. The quarterback injury thing is bad luck. I mean, there are, there are legitimate criticisms that, you know, the, the hiring an offensive coordinator ha- was good until it wasn't. Obviously, Sean Gleason leaves after a year. Obviously, the offense right now, you know, they, they just make a promotion from within. Um, the offense is full-on unimpressive. Now, I'm willing to write off basically what 2020 is, good or bad, for everybody. Just because of opt-outs, because of scheduling issues, this is not a normal season. And so I don't think we can take any coach, unless there is an internal cultural thing, which does apply to Oklahoma State, Mm -hmm. as we've seen, um, unless there is that element to the coach's year, I I don't think we can look at an on-field season and results and personnel in any sort of serious way that we can like other seasons when we're in the moment and they, he's whatever you said, he was two and 14 in the Bedlam matchup. Yeah. It grows on you. Yes. You can say, okay, we shouldn't win this every other year, but we should win it once every three or four years. I don't think that's horrible. I think the last time they won was what? 2014, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and so what Oklahoma state has to do now, because they've proven they can field a pretty good defense. They should have a top 40, top 30 offense every year. That's not what they have this year. Obviously, the Spencer Sanders injury concerns and injuries uh, loss has been has been brutal. But this was still a guy who I think led the nation in interception rate among power five quarterbacks last year. So the, the quarterback issue, the offensive continuity issue, I think is very real. And so uh, I think things need to be addressed internally before fans are proven correct about Oklahoma State needing to move on. But we've seen it across college football that sometimes, you know, 10 years might be the the maximum amount. 12 years might be the maximum amount for a coach to really feel inspired, to keep growing a program, to keep pushing that ceiling upward. 
And what Oklahoma State looks like on offense this year, given what they returned, it, it, it's been disappointing for sure. I, I get that frustration. We'll keep it rolling with Dan, but uh, first things first, don't want to forget about our great friends at mybookie.com, where right now you get a 100% sign-up bonus when you use the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 for a 100% sign-up bonus at mybookie.com, up to 1000 bucks. You put in 100 200 500 you're going to get that same dollar amount in free play money. And this will be a great weekend for it. We've got a full Big 12 slate. We're down the home stretch. And, you know, you got Iowa State, Texas on Black Friday. What's going to be better than the day after Thanksgiving, sitting on the couch, ABC, 11 o'clock Central Time, kicking your feet up, having a little fun with a wager on Iowa State, Texas. Then you got four games on Saturday. If you've been dragging your feet, now's the time to have a little bit of fun. Our picks are 22 and 16 on the year. It's a good place to be. MyBookie.com, promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, for your 100% sign-up bonus. Join us and get in those picks and use mybookie.com. Appreciate it, guys. They're doing great work there. I know we talked in about Texas a little bit, but uh, Tom Herman still has a very good chance of, uh, you know, getting to a Big 12 championship game. There's always going to be talks for his job. I mean, that's just what comes with the situation there when you're the head coach at Texas if you're not winning Big 12 or national titles year in, year out. Uh, the Urban Meyer rumors are out there, of course, as they probably will be until he goes somewhere else or does something else. How seriously would you take any of that? Do you think Urban Meyer wants back in the sport as a head coach? And if so, what would that look like? I will never doubt the, the will and passion that people in Texas and <laughs> people that are Texas fans that donate tons of money to Texas fans, to Texas's football program, I will never doubt their will to improve and be not satisfied <laughs> and to hire the best possible coach and to get rid of coach like that. That is something I will never doubt. So I can't with any sort of certainty say Tom Herman is safe. Tom Herman is cool. Tom Herman won't be replaced by urban Meyer. I think urban Meyer needs the right opportunity. Uh, and, and all those USC rumors seem futile because USC just does not invest in football the way that other major programs do. When you look at what he had at Florida, when you look at what he had at Ohio state, what SEC powers have, what Big Ten powers have, and frankly, what Texas has in his building. Where, you know, they've invested so much money in the facilities and in the stadium and the support staff. Texas is one of those programs that I, I think would be enticing. Obviously, to me, my opinion is it seems like it'd be great to live in Austin, Texas. That seems like a fantastic place to eat, to you know, have your kids visit you. The facilities are great. The weather seems pretty good. I've been in summer. It's not always good. But um, I, I, I think it's one of those places that would entice him. Now, you know, a coach like Urban Meyer probably enjoys his time off, but also has that well-documented competitive streak where you always feel like you can keep winning. You always feel like you can keep doing it. I don't know how his family feels about that. I don't know how a doctor feels about that. But Texas does seem like one of those six or seven places that in terms of infrastructure would be attractive to him. Dan, I want to bounce around the conference. TCU looks like it's headed for a third straight mediocre season under Gary Patterson, which is, has never happened on his watch, even since joining the Big 12. And he's recruited well. He's got generally the third best recruiting class in the Big 12 the last few years or so. I, Gary Patterson, he's never going anywhere. He is TCU football. But is there a point where you start to, I guess, wonder, like, hey, how does TCU get back to competing for Big 12 titles, which they did just a few years ago? 
Yeah, it's it's a strange question, and, and I think the inspiration is there. I think the fire is there from Patterson because that you know recruiting is one of those things. It's a, a clear tell of like a guy checking out as a head coach or as a whatever coach. And TCU has recruited well, and they've put defensive players into high rounds of the NFL draft. So that's not the real issue with, with TCU right now. Their offense and their offense these past like three or four years. I mean, there have been blips of you know, interesting games. They ran the ball really well against Texas in that winning effort earlier on, but to score six points against West Virginia, to score 14 against Oklahoma, uh, 14 against Kansas State, this TCU team has fallen behind. And I don't know if it's just needing to clean house with coaches, needing to clean house with the way they evaluate quarterbacks and the way that they, you know, evaluate and develop linemen, because that's been an issue this year once again. It, it, it really needs to be like, we need to unplug the TCU router and plug it back in. At mm-hmm. this point, when we have the, the depths of where TCU's offense has fallen in a state that produces a ton of offensive talent for everybody in the country, TCU, I think I'm looking right now, they're 96th right now in offensive SP+. So whatever degree you put into those advanced numbers, it's not good. Even if they're 84th, even if they're 79th. Um, it's it's nowhere near where TCU should be considering the success of this program. So, yeah, I, I don't know what major change is needed, but complacency will set this program back even more. Dan, a couple of second-year coaches, uh, Neil Brown at West Virginia, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. Both fan bases should be generally happy with the trend lines for these programs. I know K-State got blown out this past weekend, but generally got to be pretty pleased with what, with what Chris Kleiman is doing there. I believe, Dan, you were very high on Neil Brown uh, when he was yeah. hired and also this offseason. That defense is um, is great, Dan. Uh, what are you thinking now about that Neil Brown stock, whether it's not just this year but also going into 2021 and beyond? Uh, I feel fantastic about it. This is a top probably 15, 20 national defense, and they did it firing their defensive coordinator in the offseason not that long before the season and sort of like a, a co-coordinator by committee approach that West Virginia has taken offensively. They have a ways to go. We, you know, I think it was what 13 points against Oklahoma state. It was another 13 against Texas. So they need to, it's a recruiting thing. They need those playmakers. They need to get creative because West Virginia has some built in just geographic advantages. They've, they've long succeeded in recruiting Florida. And even the, the fact that teams have to travel to Morgantown where it's, it's just not easy to get to Morgantown. And it's a, it's a tough environment in a regular world. And so West Virginia is in a really nice place if they can lean on those recruiting ties, if they can bring back speed, if they, you know, they have receivers, they can recruit the names that they can recruit too, given the, the recent history. So it's just a matter of restocking that depth chart. And I think the, the danger is what we're seeing from Kansas State, where the margin for error is so thin in a year where they lose a bunch of upperclassmen, in a year where guys are opting out, in a year where, you know, a, a quarterback gets injured. That's where, that's the damage that, that Kansas State is, is taking right now, that West Virginia could also take. They've just been luckier with quarterback health, and they've just been luckier in what they returned on defense. So the margin for error is still thin. These guys need two, three, four, five full recruiting cycles. But once they do, I think both of these teams are going to be really impressive. All right, Dan, last thing. Uh, Big 12 uh, championship game prediction. Who, who do you like playing for the title in Arlington? I think I like Oklahoma, Iowa State. I think Iowa State gets by Texas. Uh, I think we get uh, a rematch of that early season loss for the Sooners. And honestly, we get two interesting quarterbacks. And I, we mentioned this on the show yesterday. Between the Big 12, the ACC, the SEC, um, probably not the Big 10, probably not the Pac-12, but 
we have like a, a kind of secretly exciting championship game season or conference championship game season. And I, I could not be more excited if we get Iowa State and Brock Purdy throwing into the Oklahoma secondary, something he didn't have a ton of trouble doing last time. So I, uh, that, that would be my, my prediction. And I think I'm going to roll with Oklahoma getting the revenge there with that defense peaking. He's Dan Robenstein. Be sure to check out the show, the Solid Verbal College Football Podcast. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate the time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Good stuff out of Dan. Really appreciate his time. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And thanks to you guys for being here as always. I appreciate that and I appreciate you. And be sure to not forget about our friends at mybookie.com with the promo code BIG12. That's big one, two for a 100% sign-up bonus on your deposit and leave a rating, review, subscribe to the podcast, and we've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie coming your way when you leave a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And that's got to be on iTunes, by the way. Many of you have asked how to do that on Spotify and whatnot. I'm not sure if you can on Spotify, but if you listen on iTunes, Apple Music, you can do it uh, there. So, Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon as we get ready for a big week in the Big 12 Conference.